Hello, and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either joining us at EPL Roundtable on Twitter or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Rasmus, Chelsea fan, and you can also catch me on Twitter at Chelsea Rumus. Hey, I'm Mark. I am a Liverpool fan, and you can catch me online at Twitter at Mr. Mark Simpson. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Great. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. Erasmus, obviously not the result. Chelsea fans, or indeed Jose Mourinho, would have wanted things continuing to go south there. We'll get into the large picture uh, issue in the topic, but just this match in particular, what do you think went wrong? Well, you know, really... I. I think it's just it's been business as usual for Chelsea, hasn't it? You know, it's uh, we got our heads down, worked hard, scored the early goal, conceded a goal right before half time, then completely collapsed, moaned about the referees afterwards, and and filled the papers with stories about whether Mourinho is going to get sacked or not. So it's pretty much every week we're doing that now. And uh, after a while, you, you you start to get you start to get used to the to the pain of losing so much, which is which is a weird feeling because obviously we're we're quite used to enjoying a lot of success. Um, at this club, and so it's 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 a really strange experience. But also, as Mourinho has put it, it's quite an interesting one as well. There's um, there's been a lot of drama about a lot of fans leaving early um, on Saturday when we were three one down, which obviously, in a way, I get it. But personally, I, I would never do that. It's it's the whole question about are you there to be entertained? Or are you there to support the team? So. For the fan base, it's it's a really interesting uh, it's a really interesting test, I would say. But obviously, we're all quite deflated from it. We're not we're not happy, and and Mourinho's certainly not happy, and the players as well. You can see it that you know they they have absolutely no confidence in their game. As soon as Coutinho scored that that goal right before halftime, it was over really. And I'm not gonna lie, we were we were second best by by a mile on Saturday. We were. Hopeless and all credit to Liverpool, but I really don't think I really don't think they're that good yet. I think Klopp will make them very very good, but I think we made them look even better than than they were. We were just terrible, absolutely terrible. We offered nothing. They pressed really well, and you could see that when they did that, the players just simply didn't have the the nerve to to do something. They lost the ball again and again, tried hopeless long passes, and it was mm. just. It was, yeah, and then today um, we hear rumors about a player <laughs> saying that he'd rather lose than win for Jose Mourinho, and obviously it was from quite um, a reliable source at, at the BBC, which um, is ridiculous if you ask me. And I don't really care which player that is. Um, I don't want anyone with that sort of attitude at the club. If you don't want to win for Jose Mourinho, win for the, your teammates, win for the fans, you know, win for the club. I don't care. But that is such an unprofessional attitude. So if, if it turns out to be true, I hope that whoever it is, even if it's Hazard or Courtois or even Diego Costa, which obviously I doubt it's any of those three, but I want I want that player sold basically because it's uh, we're in a rut and we need. Um, we need to turn it around, and uh, the attitudes have to be right. That's the first thing you have to get right about it. And 
I'm not really sh I'm not really sure how it's going to be turned around. I'm sure it is eventually because we have too much quality in our squad to to keep losing like this. Um, I think we've lost more than half our games this season, which is ridiculous considering we lost three games the whole of last season. I think mm. certainly three in the league. Didn't lose any in the Champions League. Went out on a draw and won the League Cup. And yeah, we lost one in the FA Cup to. Who was that? It was it Bradford? I think it was four two. That, that was pretty bad. But apart from that, <laughs> um, and the loss to Newcastle didn't look great when it happened either. I mean, obviously a dominant Tottenham side. You don't have to feel bad about that one. But all right, Kev, was <laughs> uh, <laughs> that not helpful at all? Okay. Oh, I mean, you 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 had you had a pretty good day. That's true. Um, let's not talk about that. But uh, it's it's a strange season. It's a very strange season, and nobody had predicted this. Um, myself included, and not really sure what's going to happen from here. Whether Mourinho is going to get sacked, I personally don't think he will. I choose to believe the reports that the Chelsea hierarchy they haven't they haven't even considered sacking him yet because it seems like there's a lot of people. There are a lot of journalists certainly that want him out, and they write stories that are saying that he's on the brink of being fired, but. Um, I think it's just I think it's hopeful with you know thinking uh, more than it anything. It sounds kind of like just, what happened to AVB at both of our clubs. Yeah, AVB, the media started turning on him, and then there was little way back. Yeah, and I hate that about the English press. Uh, I love English football. I love everything. I love the culture about it. But sometimes it's just you know when there's a witch hunt, so many people join in, and there's certainly one going on right now against Mourinho. Obviously, he's a he's a very dominant character as well so it makes it all the more fun to add fuel to the fire for journalists um but it's it it, it really annoys me and and it, what annoys me more is is all the Chelsea fans that are calling for him to be sacked such short memories you know uh, we've won four Premier Leagues five titles in total in our entire history and he's won three of them so yeah. It's it's a bit of a shame, really, but you know it it shows you it goes to show it is an interesting test for our fan base. See who's going to stick around and who's going to who's going to kick up a fuss and, and want Mourinho out and maybe even you know change clubs. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Mark Rasmus said some uh, somewhat flattering things about Liverpool that you were the better side on the day. Is that how you viewed it as well? Yeah, um, I. As, as, as the guys know from an off-chat, uh, I've in, watched it in a, in a pub in Cork on a, on a stag do, so my memories of the game is still a little bit fuzzy and hazy, but from what I do remember is um, Klopp figured out and fixed all the problems on the pitch pretty quickly, which in-game management is, is such a, a massive uh, flaw in, in Rodgers' uh, Rogers management skills. He, he couldn't really figure games out that well uh, when things were going wrong, and you concede a, an early goal against the Chelsea team, and you know normally the writing's on the wall. But this season, for for, for whatever reason, this Chelsea team looked like they can um, concede goals. The goal came at the perfect time. Um, Getting to the halftime, one-one, you basically he he, he uh, obviously got them fired up, and, and the team came out in the second half, and it was just a lot of fun to watch. Um, second goal uh, again from Coutinho. I never want to see that guy shoot from outside the box again. Uh, he, he has had the most shots of any player and normally they go miles over or wide, but in the area, 
two shots, two goals. He, he's, he's a little genius on, on, on his day. Um, and, and from there, bring on the big man, bring on Benteke. And he, uh, you know, Benteke basically, the game plan, obviously, for a, a player who was unfit to play full 90 was keep it tight, keep, keep us in the game with, with 30 to play. 60 minutes, bring him on and, and see what he can do. And, you know, in a, in, in a short space of time, he, he proved his quality. He had Terry and, and Cahill on toast. And um, from there on in, it was 3-1. Could potentially have been four, you know, if Moreno's uh, effort had gone in. It was just a great game to watch. It was a great result. And even better, it was away at, at Stamford Bridge. Um, you know, we, we haven't won in London in a long time since Tottenham, I think, last season. So it, it was... a uh, it was, it was it was a really good game and it, and it was like the narrative had now been changed in the media. Klopp has been gone for someone who is is winless in five to now he's unbeaten Liverpool now unbeaten in eleven games. So it's a, this team <laughs> don't know how to lose, you know, and yeah. and uh, things look rosy, you know, and, and in such a short space of time. And there's been a lot of football played in in a couple of weeks of Klopp's being at the club hasn't had much chance to get on the training ground and implement his style of play, but. In a short space of time, he's he's managed to make us look like a team that's really hard to beat, and and, and that is how you you build your foundations. It's it's what Wenger did when he first came in all those years ago. It's, it's what the good managers do, and you know we we went into the game yesterday without a recognised striker. We we're playing Adam Lallana was our most forward player at times. Um, so to come away from from Stamford Bridge with with three points. Um, we are currently on 17 points, uh, 11 games played. If, if we can get to 20 next weekend after Crystal Palace, if we can get to 20 after 12 games, then you know season's back on track. We can we can start to just only look up. Yeah, and then on to Dan, whose Arsenal side won yet again yesterday. How how pleased are you with how Arsenal performing lately? Uh, I'm quite happy with it to be honest. Um, I actually wasn't able to watch the game because I was at a thing called College Game Day for. Like seven hours straight, but USA, um, USA, USA. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but from what I've been told and from what I saw from the highlights, uh, we were not very good in the first half and probably should have been at least one nil down. But um, Czech kept us in it along with Beth Timmy Gomez being unable to finish. Wink, wink, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but in the second half, we came out, got an early goal with uh, a Giroud header from uh, Mesedozo corner. Then Czech kept us 1-0 up with two good saves quickly after. Then we were able to go 2-0 up, and from then on, it was pretty much all Arsenal, from what I've been told. Um, it was very good results. All the injuries we picked up midweek against Sheffield Wednesday in that... I'm not going to talk about the game, because no one cares, but the injuries to Walcott and Chamberlain are not good. But um, considering all the injuries, and we usually struggle against Swansea, Swansea away is a difficult, it's a difficult place to go regardless it really looked like a place we're going to go drop points at, but we were able to get all three, and it's very encouraging. Very, very encouraging. Very happy with the way we're playing. And, yeah, on to Bayern, which we'll probably lose, but I was never expecting us to win that. So. All right, yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, this is going to shape up to be one of the quickest making the rounds in history because Tottenham haven't played yet, um, and I already did the match preview on Thursday. The only thing coming through the pipeline being that Hyungbin Sun could be back next week, which we've been hearing for the past month. So not really anything to report for us. But as I mentioned earlier, we're going to get back in um, on the Chelsea topic and kind of see what's going on. It's really easy to jump to the, 
Mourinho out or Mourinho in debate. We've already had it this year. So instead of that, let's go to what can Chelsea do to turn their season around? Uh, and best case, where do you think they could finish this season? For me, I think that the problem, and I think most people recognize this, is that pretty much every Chelsea player is performing worse than they did last season with the possible exception of Willian. I don't know how to fix that. Would you agree with that, with that Rasmus? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you can't really say, say much about that. Um, perhaps Ramirez is a bit better than last season. That's mm. about it. Really. So, so, so what, what comes to you? I mean, I'm sure you've thought about this much more than us. What, what do you think could be done at the club to help get this ship turned around more quickly? Uh, it's very, very difficult to say, really, because I think the, the major problem now is, is confidence. And I think maybe perhaps at the beginning of the season, it was more that the players weren't properly prepared for the new season. And then there were a couple of bad results on the bounce and, and all confidence is gone. So it's about restoring some of that confidence. And um, I don't really, know, don't really know what can be done. Obviously, Mourinho needs to, to try and, and, and make the players more confident, but he can only do so much in results. Results are obviously, obviously what, what's going to really help. But how are you going to get results uh, right now? That's the thing. Um, there's been talk about, a few people have suggested on social medias, that perhaps it would be a smart move to bring in Frank Lampard as part of, part of the coaching staff during the off-season in the MLS. So, um, you know, that, that could be an idea. I think it would be better if it was, it was someone like Drogba, because I think he's... He's, he's a bigger character than, than Frank Lampard. No disrespect to Frank Lampard at all. I mean, fantastic player. I love the guy. But I think Drogba last year had a bigger impact than we realize. Uh, even though he only scored like four, four or five goals, I think he really uh, he lifted the team spirits uh, very, very a lot. So um, I think, you know, we just, we just need something, anything to get little bit of that confidence back and it could even just be you know winning two games in a row something like that which we haven't done this season I don't think so um, yeah we have Maccabee and Arsenal but you know two horrible teams anyway so it doesn't really count um, but you know I think if we if we qualify from from the group in Champions League obviously we need to beat Kiev um, on Wednesday that would be a we need to beat them, and then we need to uh, win at least one more game. And um, if we if we do that, then that that'll be a start. And just we need to just pick up just a few points and have a little bit of luck uh, in the league because we haven't had. You know, I don't agree with how much Mourinho he goes on about referees because it's really not the referee's fault the way our season's going, but we haven't really had the rub of the green either with some decisions. For example, and I'm not taking anything away from, from Liverpool, but Lucas should not have been on the pitch on Saturday. Uh, just small things like that. And um, Yeah, but you could argue, argue Costa. Sorry? You, could argue, you could argue that Costa shouldn't have been on the pitch either. You could, but then again, you could argue that the third goal, uh, Lalana, I think it was, was offside. So, you know, just small things like that. Um, Could it be, and this is something that I obviously don't know Jose Mourinho about. Well, he's never managed my team, so you don't pay much attention. But how come he has got this three seasons sort of effect on a club? 
Well, it's interesting, really, because I think it's it's more as a more of a myth than anything, really. It's been a coincidence that he hasn't really won any titles in his third season, but he, at his last season in Chelsea, his last full season last time around, that was his third season as well, and he won both of the cups and finished second in the league, and got to the Champions League uh, semi-finals. So he had he'd never had a, sec, a third season at Porto or at Inter. So you can't judge him on that. And, you know, he finished second in the league with Real Madrid and went into the final of the cup and lost in the semifinals of the Champions League again in his third season there. So I don't really believe in this. But what, so what, what, what is it with him? What, what is going wrong? Because obviously the main reason, one of the main reasons from, from an outsider looking in, the problems is Jose Mourinho. The, the players, there's some players that, don't want to play for him, whatever it is this season, that the effort hasn't been is there, the results aren't happening, he, he seems to be just moaning more. I mean, yeah. surely, surely a way to make things right again would be to get rid of the main source of the problem, which is Jose Mourinho, and, and, and try somebody else. But there's not a better replacement out there. There's really not. Uh, with with Ancelotti have... saying he's staying out the rest of this year, I, I just don't know who else you try to bring in. I wouldn't even be happy with Ancelotti, if I'm honest with you. I mean, he, he did bring us the double in his first season. But in the, in the second season, he shows how limited he is in setting up for the big games and, and the bigger teams figured him out, really. And uh, Barcelona did the same in La Liga. I, I, I was never really convinced by it. Obviously, he, he did win the Champions League as well with Real Madrid. But it seems like you know he has one very good season. And then the second season... I. I by the way, I never think he should have been fired from Real Madrid, considering how well he did his job there. But mm. it just seems like teams figure him out more easily than they do with Mourinho. So personally, I would say I would rather have Mourinho still than Ancelotti. Anyway, I don't agree that Mourinho is the biggest part of the problem. I agree that he's handling this very strangely because I think he's really not used to it. He's, he's a winner, he's a champion, and to be losing, he's he's going, you know, he's going on defensive very. He's not handling it well. He doesn't know what to do. But I think tactically and and also with the players, I think he's an entirely different person when he's with the squad than he is what you see in the press because I've, he's he's got his back against the wall. Like he's 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 cornered. I think he feels that way that the press are out to get him, and he's he's making that quite clear as well. But um, I think that's why he's, he's he's putting out so many strange remarks and comments. And I, I just don't think he's the main problem. I think it's basically that we weren't well enough prepared for the season. We didn't get the transfer that we wanted. And and then it was just too late and the confidence dropped and it's just spiraled downwards. So I think that's the main problem. I don't think Mourinho as such is the main source. I agree. The Falco transfer looks even more stranger by the, by the yeah, game, really. Yeah, and we were after Pogba, we were after Stones. And we end up with Jilobaji, and um, that's it, really. <laughs> so that's. Anyone want to explain his or Mourinho's management of Matic? Because that hasn't really made sense over the past however long, however long it was since I think it was when he was uh, subbed on and subbed off, and Mourinho called him out in the media. I, I mean, a lot of the stuff he's done hasn't made sense to me. That really didn't make sense to me. Well, about that, you know, we were, he he did make a defensive mistake. So that we went behind, <clears throat> we were chasing the game and being at home to Southampton, you, it's a game you want to win. So we were chasing it. <clears throat> I'm, I'm honest, 
honestly, I understand him, like, um, I don't like Mourinho, but I'm not, I think that was understandable. I think then he compounded it. Like, I think it was a game after, but calling him out in the press, I just, I don't know, it just doesn't seem, didn't seem necessary to me, but I don't but know. It, but it kind of falls well. in line with his, his tactics of keeping the story off of the team, even if it is picking an individual, which is an unusual mm-hmm. way for him to take it, but it kind of fits in his... Let's not actually talk about how the team underperformed. And I think the closest we've really gotten to that was this week uh, with the the fans aren't stupid comment, which kind of left it up for the fans to be like, yeah, pretty much the whole thing wasn't working. I don't know. I, I can't believe I'm defending Mourinho right now. But he tried that. He, he, he did that tactic uh, at the back end of last season to keep the intensity up. He, he singled yeah. out a player, would criticise him to try and keep the edge in him. And, and maybe he's just been beating that that drum for far too long and it and it wears thin with with, with with players like if you're on Matic right now you don't want to be playing for the guy if he, he's calling you out some players take it differently you know so it's it's, a, it's an interest it's, a, it's an interesting one it's a strange one I mean end of the season come what come May Chelsea will be in that top four just because it's how the world works but it's how long do they keep on going I mean this season he's lost seven games 11 games of football that is not a Chelsea that is not Jose Mourinho, but so something is going on, and sooner rather than later, it's going to get leaked out into the press. You know, players are going to talk to the press, and uh, and, and we'll find out exactly what is going on. But it's it's a sorry state of affairs right now. It gives yeah. hope to teams like Tottenham. It gives hope to teams like Liverpool who are trying to get into mm. that top four. If you can, if if this debacle keeps on going on, and Mourinho is is still there, and in the, in the, yeah, they do keep on performing, and they literally don't get rid because there's nobody else out there. It it, it gives hopes to the teams are chasing pack to try and to try and get in that Champions League because if you can get in this year the money that comes from it is, mm. is an insane amount of money and it just gives you every chance of, of, of sticking around yeah one appearance in the Champions League in the next four years would pay for like a fifth of our stadium which would be quite nice uh in the rundown that we sent out before each episode uh we said uh where do you think they could finish if they implement the the positive suggestion we were going to make about how they could turn things around but since uh we didn't really have any ways for it to turn around other than just it should eventually based on talent level where do you think chelsea finished this season i am leaning towards the conclusion that we're not going to be in a champions league next next season because uh i think it's going to take us still some time to turn it around we're not going to start winning game after game now I think eventually we'll get to that point, maybe around January or February or something. But it's going to take a little while, and then by then I think it'll just be out of our reach. I think you know we'll we'll probably be in the top six, something like that, probably sixth place. Place uh, that that'll be my my bet right now. I really hope. I'm oh, wrong. then all you have to do is uh, win the Champions League, and then uh... you know that's what you we usually do. Yeah, jerks. Title defense if the team were to finish six. Didn't Liverpool do that once? Well, United. Yeah, United. Yeah, United just did yeah, uh, Also, Rasmus, were you about to talk about the Bayern Munich Spurs tweet interaction? I was, yeah. Lost that, was Frankfurt? that was phenomenal. How would they diss themselves that hard? They gave themselves like a 10 burn to give us like a six. They referenced their own losing of the biggest European trophy. Yeah, to make true. fun of it us d- for winning 11 straight games, which they didn't. It does help that they won it the That's fair. won it the next year. That's fair. Yeah. Mark, do you agree with where Rasmus is kind of putting them? No, I, I, I think Chelsea get top four. 
Uh, it, it just just happens. It just okay. it just it's just how the world works. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out by somebody in in January. But I mentioned this uh, a, probably a month ago when we first started seeing this kind of downward trend and talk about it, which is if you look at the players and the best Chelsea eleven, how many players in the world can you buy that are better than them? Like, there's not a whole lot. I mean, maybe in the back line, because obviously there's a lot of issues. Maybe they just offer a blank check to Everton to get someone like John Stones in. But I, some people, not not you guys, but some people on Twitter were saying, well, now Chelsea are just going to buy in January. And it just kind of left me asking, who? Pogba. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Pogba, for sure. No, he's not going to move. But <laughs> ideally, he, he would be... He would be my number one signing because I think we need somebody to, to add some strength to our midfield because somebody like Fabregas, he's just getting bullied right now. And I think if Matic, <laughs> you know, if he hits form and if he gets if he gets some time on the pitch as well because and he doesn't get sent off, which he did against West Ham, obviously, which was really, really stupid. But um, if somebody like, like, if you can imagine a 4-3-3 midfield of of uh, Pogba, Matic, and Ramirez, something like that. You know that could overpower teams, and we could start picking up wins again. But I don't really, I don't see him moving. So, so I think the midfield, we really need some, some, some power, some enforcers on there, and that would be actually maybe even, maybe even more than defenders. Although we do need someone like John Stones at the back. I would say Michael Kelly. Uh, you can get him on Twitter at. I think it's MC underscore V underscore A, did a really good article on how Chelsea, how many minutes Chelsea starters played last year. Like, it's an almost unprecedented amount for the last 10 years in the Premier League, so that could have something to do with it. And then that could mean just buying in January, just getting some maybe not, or maybe similar quality players that are just fresher and have more legs in it that maybe could help them. And as far as my prediction, I do think they're going to get fourth. But every single loss makes that thought, you know, more, makes me question that more because they're really digging themselves a big hole. I think they're probably going to fall just a bit short. I think the hole might be just a bit too deep. Uh, when you look at sides like Liverpool and Tottenham, who are the ones pushing there, both of them likely to kind of continue to get better throughout the season. I think both Tottenham and Liverpool have already had kind of their kind of down moments of the season. Tottenham's uh, fortunately happened to be a whole lot of draws. Uh, still have not lost in the league since the first week of the season. But considering how young both squads are, you getting Klopp in, um, the confidence starting to rise for Tottenham, Kane performing well. Of course, you're listening to this on a Monday, potentially before. <laughs> what this would is be? Paul Renegade's new Aston Villa. <laughs> well, I don't think he's going to be instilled in time. Uh, fortunately, but uh, yeah, I, I think both are going to be pushing hard. I, I think it, I think it's going to be one of those three. I just think that statistically, that means there's only a third of a chance that it ends up being Chelsea. Obviously, much further down the table uh, at the moment compared to you the can Lions. never rule out the Manchester United slum that is going to. They're on they're on an edge. They're on such a knife edge with Van Gaal. Mm. Some of the fans are even now coming yeah. out and saying that. Yeah, so it, this league is as, as predictable as it may be. In come April or May, we may sound like fools saying it, but um, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Tottenham have got November coming up, which the fixtures look ridiculous. I mean, I've just seen Chelsea's here, Stoke away, 
then a home banker against Norwich, and then it's Tottenham away. That's November. So, I mean, it's it's um, interesting fixtures coming up. Thankfully for Liverpool, uh, we, we've gone through uh, a really tough October. We we get uh, Palace at home next, and then it's uh, then it's Man City away. Um, and then sort of December gets a little bit more, you know, lenient on on on, on us. So uh, it, it's you know you, you you're coming into a, a crucial sort of five ten game weeks coming mm. up. In, and by you, you get through them, I think like you said on a previous pod, you get after November you'll be able to see what what Tottenham are all about this season. Especially with with you know you need Harry Kane to keep on consistently scoring these goals. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Tottenham have a tough run coming up after Aston Villa three consecutive London derbies against Arsenal, West Ham, and Chelsea uh, yeah. in that order. So that'll that yeah, we'll have a much better feel uh, for how well we're doing at that point. Both kind of mentioned Arsenal there. Uh, so quickly, uh, they're level with Manchester City, top of the league right now, behind on goal differential. We've seen them be really good in half seasons before. Do we think that's what's happening right now, or do we think they're legitimate title contenders this time? Dan, I suppose we could start with you if you want to brag for a little bit. All right, bit. all right. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> if I want to brag. Um, yeah, I do think we're title contenders. Um, I, I know we do do the whole half-season thing often, and I'm very much keeping that in mind. But I really do think that we've got that chance. Um, Mezzodozo has been phenomenal this season he has been but whether you think David Silva is better in general I don't know but he's this season I think it's you'd be hard-pressed to argue he hasn't been the best number 10 or just attacking midfielder in general in the league leads the league in assists leads the league in chances created leads the league in chances created per 90 minutes he's been phenomenal Alexis Sanchez is Alexis Sanchez you know what you're gonna get you're gonna get goals you're gonna get an impact um we don't have two, we don't have world class strikers. I'm sure someone will bring up at some point, um, but we've got two capable strikers who I think, with Alexis Sanchez kind of being our 30 goal guy, and then you have um, Walcott and Giroud chipping in with goals there. I think we'll be good enough on the forward line. Uh, the midfield is a bit of a concern because if um, if Coughlin goes down, we're in trouble. If Cazorla goes down. We've got some similar players, but don't really have a like for like. But if we can keep them fit, there's or we're pretty good there. Defense has been very good. Petr Cech has come in and been phenomenal in goal. Um, it it really is about injuries, which I guess it always is for Arsenal. But um, we've got a bit of an injury situation now, which is why I thought the win against Swansea was absolutely huge because it, it did look like a game we were going to draw points in. If we can continue to work through this little injury situation and get ourselves in order which we might we might not i think we have a good shot personally i think right now um, the title is cities to lose but if they don't lose it we are far ahead of if they do lose it we are far ahead of any other team in the Premier league right now is in terms of performances results and probably considering how poorly chelsea's players have played squad yeah unfortunately i, I have to agree with you there uh, especially with the likes of Bellerin developing the way he has, which we spoke about, I think it was before we started recording. Um, but yeah, they do look very dangerous right now. Giroud is on form, which he doesn't do all season, which is why he's not in that top tier of strikers in the world. But on form, you know, it's, he's a very good striker. I, I think there's a lot of comparisons for me between him and Graziano Pelle, where if they're not on form, they just fluff a lot of chances. But they're, if they're on form, they're going to be doing quite well. Uh <laughs> 
unlike Buffett Timbigo Mies, who we're not going to talk about now. Um, no, let's talk about him. But on earlier, <laughs> not going to lie, earlier today I actually saw someone say Pell is probably a poor man Giroux. But, um, so they'd agree with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and then, yeah, I'll admit it is a little bit of a lazy comparison because you also kind of have similar size, similar play styles. But... And the fact that they both could probably be underwear models. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to let you say that. So anyway. Yep. Um, are, oh, obviously, I mean, the injuries are coming for Arsenal. They have a couple to deal with right now. I think that's always been what's kind of derailed them. That and getting spread too thin by remaining in competitions too long, which has not happened this year with what happened in the Capital One Cup. Um, but, I, you know, I, do I think that they will win the title this season? No. But I think they are title contenders for the first time in a few years this year. Yeah, I agree. Swansea yesterday was a big result for them. Yeah, I, I thought that was going to be kind of a trip-up game. I watched uh, the first uh, the first half, and Swansea mm. came out, and they they did really well. And yeah. I, I left at, at half-time to go watch the Rugby World Cup final, and I, I honestly thought at full-time it was going to be a, a draw or, or a Swansea win. So to see them, them win and win convincingly, a uh, massive result for them. And you're right, you know, it's, it, this is the sort of time of the year where Arsenal injuries pile up and, you know, they start dropping, dropping points, but... You know, Campbell came in yesterday. He scores. You know, from what I saw, I had a decent game. And these guys are contenders. But I agree. Come May, it's it's cities, cities, cities to lose. Uh, they've got such a big squad of just internationally quality players. Yeah. And they've just and added this, this, this run they've been on has been without Aguero and Silva, which exactly. is just ridiculous. In, insane. Yeah. And the, those boys will be back soon enough, and they'll be firing and. Yeah, they just go from strength to strength. It'll be interesting with City, you know, how far they go in the in in, in the Champions League. Um, that could be a, a deciding factor on on how they do in the league and how how quick they get it sewn up. But yeah, it's, it's theirs to lose. I, I will say when you have Joel Campbell scoring, like not even just scoring at all, you, maybe you've got a little bit of luck on your side. But um, and I would agree, it's probably City's to lose. Um, and then as far as like. For any advanced analytics fans out there, the gap between City and Arsenal and the rest of the league is huge. It's like huge between Arsenal and United, say. So uh, I'd agree. It's, pro- it's City's to lose, but we know they can lose it. And if they do, I can't see it being anyone other than Arsenal right now, unless United go and do a total 180 on the way they're playing. Uh, I'm not really sure what to think right now. Um, I'm thinking maybe this season's just a dream, to be honest with you. It's turning <laughs> with into United and Chelsea struggling, yeah. yeah. Are you sure it's a dream for you? <laughs> yeah, well, a nightmare. And, and it, you know, it would be cemented as a nightmare if Arsenal were to win the title. So, um, while I'm not... If keen, you and me both, man. <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, I'm not keen to see City win it because I feel like the last couple of titles City have won have been down to the fact that no other teams were really any good during that season. And uh, while they do play some brilliant football at times, I feel like they they lack something um, much Great. like Arsenal, but they just have you know the money to, to take that extra step that Arsenal can't do when other teams aren't good enough. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure how this season's going to turn out. Um, not for Chelsea, not for Arsenal, not for City. I, I feel like Arsenal could collapse because we've seen we've seen it before. I feel like City could collapse as well and lose, you know, a lot of games in a row 
or start dropping points because we've seen that before as well. Um, and they did it last season around, I think it was January or February, where they only won like two and nine or something. And and that's the sort of thing that can cost you a title. Um, so, you know, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go with what the rest of you are saying and say that it's cities to lose. Um, but, yeah, Arsenal could win it. And and if they do, I will never be on this podcast again. Wow, harsh words. <laughs> uh, even more reasons. To Bye. <laughs> All right, and with that, we are out of time. So if you have any projects you'd like to plug or want to tell people where to reach you, now would be a good time. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, not really any projects to tell you about right now. Maybe something coming up in the future. Uh, you can check for any news about that on my Twitter account, at Chelsea Rumors. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, you can. If, uh, if you're a Liverpool fan and you want to uh, chat about uh, football, then it's at Mr. Mark Simpson uh, on, on Twitter. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me on. It's, as always, a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I'm Dan. Uh, nothing specific. I write stuff, and you can find that stuff on my Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevroth, and I do player profiles over at blog.playtalga.com. I have a fantasy article up weekly on theeaglesbeak.com. Also host the FPL Roundtable, which is up on Thursday morning, so be sure to check that out. So yeah, thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening.